Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown. It is the Friday edition here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. We are going to have a good show today. I can feel it in my cold and weary bones because it's raining and nasty outside. I will bring you some warmness. That's what I will bring you this afternoon here on the Rundown. Speaking of warmness, a guy who may not be warm tonight, we'll bring him in now. He is from the state newspaper Lou Bajak. Lou, welcome into the Rundown, man. I appreciate you joining us this week. Thanks for having me on, Rob. How you doing? I- I'm doing well. My first question has nothing to... Well, I guess it does sort of have something to do with it. Uh, you're probably going to be on the sidelines tonight. What are you going to wear in this rain-drenched state that we're in? Uh, a hoodie, probably another shirt underneath, and a winter jacket with a hat. Are you going to go with the, uh, the hand warmers in your pocket? Oh, if I I might stop and buy some on the way. We'll, we'll see. I, that that is going to be an option. <laughs> I was trying to give you a chance to be a tough guy and say, "Hell no, Rob! I don't need those things." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure the coaches were. Uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, some of the coaches wear. Um, I was at Dutch Fork last week, and it was cold. And and all know Tom Knotts. He doesn't um, wear pants. Uh, doesn't matter the weather. He wears shorts, and he had a hoodie. But his defense coordinator, Nick Pelham, he had a. Just a polo shirt, short sleeve polo shirt and shorts on. So everyone's different. I hear you on that. Well, we've got a slew of games tonight. And, you know, it seemed like last week there was a lot of, uh, I hate to use the term blowouts, but it seemed like we had a lot of blowouts last week. And do you think that uh, that'll be the case this week or will we have some more competitive matchups? No, I think definitely more competitive and uh uh, playoffs got started uh, we, round two last night with some games in the Grand Strand that they moved up a day earlier. And most of those games were close. The games played last night were close. And I think you're going to see a lot more close games. There were a few upsets around the state last week. And uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some more this week. All right. So where will you be this evening? Uh, Flora and Ridgeview. Uh, they're, they're playing in the second round in, uh, at uh, Memorial Stadium. Uh, it should be a good one. Uh, these teams haven't played played too much against each other and uh uh Flora finished um second in the region both teams finished second in their region so uh they can get a win and uh they would get the winner of uh, Daniel and Westwood uh, next week Other than that game can you tell us about um uh, the other matchup that you think will be the most competitive this evening Hmm I think Lower Richland Airport has a chance to really be competitive they played earlier in the year and uh Airport won uh, I think it was 32-27, uh, 
and back in September 20th, and that was the last game Lower Richland lost. So I expect another competitive game. We got two good offenses, a lot of skill guys on the field. So yeah, I think that has a chance to be another another good one. All right, and in addition to that, you mentioned we had some upsets last week. Uh, which upset surprised you the most? Uh, probably Greer at Greer beating South Point and um, Newberry over Chester. I know uh, Newberry coach Strickland does a good job there. They've been up and down, but Chester was coming in the defending state champs, and they go out in the first round, and then South Point was undefeated. I mean, they hadn't lost the game in Greer. Greer was the top five team coming into the year, but they, they had struggled, and they came up with a four seed from the region, but they, they went on the road and uh, knocked off uh, Devontae Holloman's South Point team last week. Kind of that will open things up in the 4A upper state. That's why this game tonight, Flora and Ridgeview, uh, they probably like their chances, especially if Westwood can go down to Daniel and win. That, that could really open things up in the 4A upper state uh, uh, for round three. You mentioned earlier about Dutch Fork. They've got a 36-game unbeaten streak coming into their game as they welcome in Wando tonight. Do you give the Warriors any chance at Dutch Fork? No. No. (laughs) I think Dutch Fork. I was thinking you'd give me some coach speak or something there, man. No. Yeah, unless unless I mean unless they're looking ahead to maybe playing Fort D next week possibly, but I don't think so. I think this team I got to see them play against Chapin last week, and they just came up on fire, and that offense is really going well, and their defense forcing the turnovers as well. So I look like they'll keep the unbeaten streak going. You also uh, have in your write-up, which is at thestate.com, which you should be subscribing to the state if you're a fan of high school football in the state because they cover pretty much the whole state, hence the name The State. Uh, You mentioned uh, Airport and Lower Richland, but you've also got Brooklyn Casey's at home tonight with a playoff game. Uh, That should be an interesting matchup as well with Wilson, right? Yeah, Wilson. Wilson's really good. I got to see him a few weeks ago against Myrtle Beach. They lost to Myrtle Beach, but they got a lot of talent, and quarterback Rice is a good dual threat quarterback I think over 3,000 yards total offense and a good coach and Derek Howard who was a former Ridgeview assistant so he knows the area and BC's coming in on a roll they had a bye last week so uh, they get some guys healthy and ready to go and uh, they got that strong running game with uh, Will Way and uh, Deontay Baker so I think uh, a lot of athletes a lot of uh, talent on that field tonight so it should be a fun matchup uh, look for possibly a high scoring game with two offenses that could uh, put up put up a lot of points now if you could be at any game in the state tonight other than the one you're going to be at where would you like to be hmm that's a good one uh gaffney sumter you know uh trey Maybe. and i my my co-host this afternoon we're talking about that and that seems to be that might be an interesting matchup up uh, they're going to have that at sumter so that might be interesting right yeah, that's going to be a good one. And something over the last couple of years, I uh, haven't been able to get over the hump of that se- the second round. And uh, they come in undefeated again. And we'll see. Uh, they lost in the second round last year. So we'll, we'll see if Gaffney, uh, we got two really good programs traditionally. And uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup tonight in the rain. How, what do you think the weather tonight, do you think that's going to have a huge effect on some games? I mean, it seems like some of the bigger schools, the the track, the turf, or whatever, it, it'll kind of ring out. But maybe in some of the, the smaller schools, do you think they'll have a problem with maybe the field being a little bit too muddy? 
Yeah, I think you can be. I mean, the team, the schools that have grass, and uh, depending on your how your field drains. I know Gilbert had to move their game tonight to uh, uh, River Bluff because because of that. So their game against Lake City will be at River Bluff, um, and I know uh, Goose Creek and uh, Somerville. Um, or some of Somerville's game has been postponed till tomorrow at noon. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's you can prepare all all week for uh, different scenarios, but you can't really, you don't know until you step out and well, what that field condition is going to be like. So yeah, uh, I think uh, teams that are able to run the football definitely are at an advantage on with a sloppy uh, track tonight. All right, and we also have a great uh, schizo matchup in theory with Heathwood Hall playing at Hammond. And the winner of that game goes to the 3A championship game. I mean, Hammond's been dominant for so long. Uh, can Heathwood hang with them on the field tonight? We'll see. They, they they played a couple weeks ago, I think, in the regular season finale. Hammond won 42-7. to So we'll see. But you, we talk about the weather. I mean, you got to... And I mean, a slip, a dro- I mean, drop pass, interception, you never know. Heathwood's having one of their best seasons in the last decade. So I think win or lose tonight, they will. Um, it's definitely been a season to remember. And they, this program with the players they will have coming back next year can lo- look back to this uh, to build on. Uh, but uh, I think Hammond, Hammond has that firepower on offense. So we know with Jackson Muschamp and Birch and Andre Wilson and C.J. Stokes. So it's going to be tough for Heathwood to go in and win tonight. You know, you mentioned uh, Jordan Birch there for a little bit. If if I had to put you on a dime, do you think that South Carolina, with the season that they've had, may have uh, may have turned Birch a little bit to possibly going somewhere else? I, I think he's going to LSU. The more and more I think about it, but where, in your mind, where do you think uh, the young man's going to end up? If you had to guess, I really don't know. I thought, I mean, because we're not we're not allowed to talk to him. Um, the, from his family doesn't allow him to do interviews, so you kind of not get a sense. I know uh, his visits where he's been lately. I think he was at Alabama last week and at LSU a couple weeks ago. He's been at Georgia and um, Clemson. Uh, I, I think he might be there uh, this week, maybe, and then uh, South Carolina maybe next week. So it's kind of kind of hard to see, but I mean, yeah, South Carolina. I mean, it's unless you want to stay home. Based on what's happened this year, I definitely think that's hurt them a little bit. I would say Georgia, LSU, definitely Clemson right there too. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and see what if he's going to announce it in late December or will he wait till February because he can't enroll early because of Hammond's, their, their schedule, their class schedule. Um, you got to go the full year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I know a lot of people talking with uh, different scouts and uh, different uh, fans. Uh, where do they think he's going to go? Uh, uh, I know a lot of people think he might end up at Georgia, but but we'll see. I know LSU would be a good possibility. Uh, I saw him with an LSU sweatshirt on a couple weeks ago when I was at the school for an assembly. So uh, we'll see. All right, and finally, I know you're going to be out in the cold tonight and maybe a couple more nights in the cold until you get to the uh, to the state championship games at williams Bryce Stadium. But then we pivot to high school basketball, and you know that I'm a Lexington apologist. For me, it's going to be hard to, to see Lexington basketball without Coach Bailey Harris on the sidelines with his towel. I mean, yeah. that's going to be just something completely different this season. No disrespect to the new coach, but to not see Coach Harris on the sideline and and when you see Coach Harris, I mean, he doesn't look a day over 40, and he could probably get out there and still run with the cross-country team if he wanted to, but it's just going to be a different sideline this or a different baseline this year with, uh, yeah, without uh, Coach Harris. 
Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, it was it was at that South Carolina basketball coaches media day yesterday, and definitely different not not seeing him there and uh, with the, the other coaches and the players from around the state. So yeah, it's going to be a transition, uh, but I know he's still uh, he's still he's still around, and I uh, talked to him. I know he's he's looking forward to cross country state championships, which got moved to now Tuesday, but. He's still active, but yeah, it's uh, not having that towel and him chewing on that towel is going to be interesting. And the same with some other coaches that maybe going to retire in the next few years. You got Tim Whipple, Zach Norris. I mean, they're not going to be coaching forever. So uh, what they've done and the impact that they have on this area and the state uh, won't be forgotten. And uh, definitely we'll miss Coach Harris. Uh, he's an honest guy and would always, uh, he wouldn't sugarcoat things after games and that. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be different. I think it's going to be a transition for that program uh, just with players that they lost and uh, to graduation. It's going to be tough for Coach Pope in his first season. All right, of course, Lou Bajak from the State Newspaper. Lou, tell folks where they can find you on Twitter and where they can read all the good info because I know you'll be tweeting a lot out tonight. Yeah, we'll be passing along updates from around the state, uh, Lou at the state, and uh, you can find our, our stuff. We'll have a, a running scoreboard uh, on the state.com tonight with all, all the games uh, through ScoreStream uh, on, throughout the state. So you can keep whatever team you follow or whatever game you're interested in, we'll, we'll have it for you. Lou Bajak from the state newspaper. Lou, thanks for joining us today on The Rundown, man. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Have a good weekend. All right, make sure you go and check out Lou's work. He is at Lou at the State. And if you're into high school sports or at all, I mean, that's that's kind of the guy you need to follow because he does follow all of it. It's so cool because we, uh, we used to call games for the Forest Acres Classic, and I would do the play-by-play stuff, and he's on commentary with me. And he's able to watch the game and do commentary on the game and tweet at the same time like, other baseball scores and whatever else is going on in the high school world and whatever else he's he's having to uh, send folks to the state.com to check out. He's doing all of that and making comments on, hey, maybe the second baseman's lining up a little bit too much to the left and maybe that's tipping off whether they're going to have a pitch out or whatever. He's throwing out all this great info and he's watching his phone and his computer the whole time. So Lou Bajak, man of the people and... He is a, a multitasker. I have trouble, like, chewing bubble gum and doing the radio show at the same time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I also have like this big giant water bottle, and I have a hard time drinking water without spilling it on myself because I am a klutz. Lou Bajak does not have that problem. He can do all of that all at one time. So follow him on Twitter. He's at Lou at the state. And I have to welcome back into studio today my buddy and guest columnist for my blog page at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Trey Gunnels joins us. Trey, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. Great to be here. Uh, you know what, brother? You, you've got like the, um, you've got like, I don't know what the kind of voice it is. It's like you almost sound like Ed Orgeron down at um I'm, no I'm, I'm serious if, if i put you up your voice up next to ed orgeron down at, at, at lsu 
you know what? The Gamecocks may be looking for a new coach. We've talked about that, and everybody talks about Will Muschamp this, Muschamp that. You sound like Ed Orgeron. He may win the SEC. Why don't you go down there and give it a shot? Just start saying things like, hey, we need to move the ball on down over here. we got to move the ball. we got to kick the ball. I really like what the defensive line is doing at LSU. And blah, 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 blah. Just no open, just no open mics in the, um, in the locker room, but I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, man. It's, it's great to have you in studio with us today. We've got a few minutes before we get uh, into – uh, our break here, but I thought we talked for a minute about um, a couple of things. Like, I wanted to get with you about the CFP uh, rankings right now. Uh, I'm in the camp of, and I think you've seen this online, and uh, it's funny because well, sometimes I'll post some stuff online, and, and I know that I know as soon as I post it, it may bother Trey, but I know that he won't he won't put anything out there because you know. <laughs> He wants us to be friends. He doesn't want to battle back and forth with me on Facebook because uh, I've got like the uh, the razor sharp fingers, man. I get mean on Facebook and Twitter sometimes, but uh, I don't think that Georgia should have a snowball's chance in Hades of being in the college football playoff. And I know that it sounds kind of crazy, but I think they lose to Auburn this weekend. And I think that when that happens, the idea of if they can win the SEC. I mean, we may not have a team from the SEC in the college football playoff if Georgia loses this weekend to Auburn and then wins the SEC championship game. That's something that could be out there. We could go without a team from the SEC in the college football playoff. Do you think I'm crazy? Yes. Okay. Uh, because Well, explain to me why. I don't think Georgia can get in. If they have two losses, I think the SEC champion would not get in. I think LSU's undefeated going in that game. I think LSU would still get in. Now, see, the reason that I have, a, I have problems with that is that you didn't win your conference championship. True. So are you going to tell, uh, let's say, an Oregon team that has one loss on the year to Auburn or an Oklahoma team that has one loss on the year to a top 25 team on the road at Kansas State, are you going to tell them, no, we're just going to take LSU even though they didn't win their conference title? Are you comfortable with that? Well, here's what I'm thinking about that. LSU would have beaten Texas on the road. They would have beaten Alabama on the road. They've already beaten Florida. Um, They've beaten Auburn. They lose that one game to Georgia. I, I don't think that would exclude Oregon anyway. I think if Oregon runs the table, Oregon should get in. And Oklahoma's been – I mean, they're a one-loss team, but Oklahoma's had a couple of scares against very subpar opponents. So I don't have any pity for Oklahoma, to be honest with you. Well, what about if we have a team like uh, – about what if, what if Baylor wins out and they're undefeated? Would you, would you tell them, no, nah, you can't go, even though their schedule's not quite what it should be? No, no, but I don't think they'll go undefeated. I think that'll. I think that's going to end tomorrow. But <laughs> okay, well, fair enough, fair enough. But you're right. Okay, let's say Baylor does run the table. Then that's a different scenario. So I guess you're not crazy for saying the SEC would be totally excluded. But I, I still think there's a better chance the SEC gets two teams than zero teams. Now that now that's a bold, bold statement there, and we'll step into that uh, in a little bit. But my big thing with that is, is that if you are an SEC fan, you want Auburn to lose tomorrow. Or lose the Iron Bowl. Because if Auburn wins the Iron Bowl and wins tomorrow and then wins the SEC championship, wow. Oh, no, they can't win the SEC championship. But I'm just saying they'll have a win over Alabama. They'll have a win over uh, Georgia as well. And if Georgia and wins Georgia the SEC championship. Then Georgia right. Then it's yeah, going to all then, come down to LSU still get a bid. Right. I think that's something that could be good because we could get into the E-word which is expansion talk, which gets us to eight teams. But I don't know if we'll have good matchups with that because I think the number eight team would get smacked by the number one team this week. We'll talk about that in a lot more, and we'll have picks against the spread. I'm going to get Trey to get on the bubble here and uh, pick against the spread with me this afternoon. That'll be fun. 
Tom Jones coming up later. Got it ready, folks. More of the rundown in just a moment. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Trey Gunnels joins me in studio this afternoon. Uh, Trey, I've got, uh, I, you know, I didn't tell you this, but I have an idea for your next column that I'd love for you to write. Let's hear it. Uh, I want to do a, a column on the rivalry series, which is coming up. And I think that there's a good section of Gamecock fans that may not want to talk about the rivalry series issue as, as deep as Clemson is, but. There have still been some great games in that rivalry series, and I, th- I think it'd be nice to take a step back and look at some of those games that, that were really competitive or just your favorite things from the rivalry. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll just, from, just, just think about that because um, I know your last couple of columns were great, and I was like, I was sitting down and writing some notes the other day, and I was like, you know what? This could be cool for, uh, for Trey to talk about, and uh, we can bring you in before the uh, South Carolina and Clemson game. Uh, you know, that game is going to be interesting on a couple of fronts. Um, you know, can, is South Carolina going to care? You know what I'm saying? Because if they lose this game tomorrow, there's no bowl game. So this is essentially, in their mind, the, the Super Bowl. It sort of feels like 2004 to me. I mean, yeah. I can almost I hope there's not a, a brawl breaking out. You know, last night, that situation with the Browns and the Steelers, the 15-year the anniversary of the brawl is, is coming up. Yeah. But uh, it just reminds me of 04 a little bit, especially if Muschamp's in a lame duck situation. I, I hope that's not the case. For But I know we're going to get into that later. But Sure. Yeah, we'll get into that momentarily. Let's head out to the phones. Good afternoon. Oh, we'll catch that call in a second as uh, we'll see what happens there. And uh, hopefully they'll call back in a moment here on the rundown. 803-978-1832. But I think that's something that could be interesting this weekend, you know, or that weekend if you would like to uh, take a – take a stab at it and i'm also going to get levon kirkland to uh, talk about his games against south carolina uh the, the former clemson great who's now up in the ring of honor up at clemson you know the two of us text back and forth a good bit and uh, i've also been uh sending uh, some messages to savelle newton who is one of uh speaking of 2004 speaking of 2004 but he was one of one of the gamecocks that i really liked you know, playing at Marlboro County, putting up huge numbers there. I think he should have gotten a shot to play more quarterback. Um, but I think that's something that happens a good bit in college. You come in as a heck of an athlete, like a DeCarion joiner, and but you may not quite have a, what it takes to be an SEC quarterback, and they move you somewhere else because you, you're athletic enough to be an SEC player, but just not at the quarterback position. There's kind of some variables between – what Joyner is and what Savelle Newton was. Would you agree? Absolutely. And um, it's funny you should say that. I was just talking to a buddy of mine. I think it was today, as a matter of fact, or yesterday. Savelle Newton is the is the player that Steve Spurrier says basically led him to Connor Shaw. Before that, Steve Spurrier had you know the the the, the prototypical statue type pocket quarterback. And when he was forced to play Savelle Newton in 2006 because the offensive line was so poor, Blake Mitchell was getting killed back there, and it totally opened Steve Spurrier's eyes to to a mobile quarterback yeah and uh, you know uh, we used to have um one of the offensive linemen do uh do some pregame with us um webb i think was his name and he would he would tell us about some of that and about how spurrier was so hard on the offensive line and some of the stuff that uh, that those guys went through 
But yeah, I mean, it was it was we were at a point where the offensive line really wasn't that good for South Carolina. But that's kind of one of the toughest places to recruit. Would you agree? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's definitely the hardest to judge. Yeah, because they developed later, and, and there's it's such a cerebral, cerebral. See, I can't even say the word. Such a brainiac <laughs> position, you know. Right. Offensive line, people don't think that. They just think they're big brutes. But you got to be probably the smartest, other than the quarterback, probably the smartest players on the field or your offensive lineman. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, and I think that is the hardest position to get. And you know, with when Clemson kind of started their dominant run that they're having now, I think it all started when they got Mitch Hyatt. Mitch Hyatt, who ended up being an All-American, and they, they ended up pulling him. He had offers from everywhere. And when they got Mitch Hyatt, I think that was one of the turning points for Clemson. When Coach Sweeney decided, look, we can have all these great players. We can have a C.J. Spiller. We can have a Nuke Hopkins. We can have a, a James Davis. We can have all of these guys that are great at the skill positions. But if we don't figure out how to dominate the line of scrimmage, we're going to be an 8-4 and four team for a long time. And I think that's the mentality that, that Coach Sweeney had. And he went to the recruiting trail and started drafting monsters. I say drafting, but getting monsters on the offensive line, getting monsters on the defensive line. I think that's where Clemson made the turn. Would you agree on that? No doubt. That and that and just their, their total defense. I mean, those Clemson teams of the early part of this decade, the 2010, 2011, 2012, those were flashy teams, and those were good teams. They won a BCS bowl game, or at least one, I know, against Ohio right. State. Yeah. But the reason I think they lost five in a row to South Carolina is because, and the reason they gave up all those points against West Virginia and stuff like that was because the defense and the lines of both, both sides of the ball in the line of scrimmage, like you said. So I definitely think there's no question that that's when, when they went from being what you call flashy to – to be in a powerhouse, which is what they are now. The finesse Clemson team to the monster Clemson team now, because if you look at the offensive line, you got Jackson Carmen, who is a guy that you could throw a rock from his house and hit Ohio State Stadium. They love this guy to death up there. And he basically told Coach Urban Meyer at the time, yeah, I'm not going there. I'm going to go to Clemson. And this guy comes down. He's 6'6", and as Coach Sweeney said, a couple biscuits away from 400 pounds, but can move like a deer. Those are the kind of athletes that Clemson got, and I think that's what made the transition for them. But then again, you look at the Clemson defensive line where they truly go two and three deep at each spot. And you can have guys that aren't the best as far as at the skill positions and still win a heck of a lot of football games. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, the line of scrimmage is always, no matter how much football changes, it's still going to be a line of scrimmage sport, always. I, I do believe the monsters are the ones that uh, that get the job done. I, I, I truly, truly believe that. So, you know, um, I want to get into a couple of other things this afternoon. We, we may talk a little bit about, um, I may well get your opinion on what you think is going on with, it's become a debacle. We don't have enough time here, but uh, it's become a debacle with the stuff that's come out about the Board of Trustees uh, and the search for a new athletic director when you already have one. I mean, that, that kind of is silly. And the stuff that's going on with, hey, you're doing all this stuff with Coach Muschamp. Wouldn't it be a weird thing if Muschamp said at the end of the season, you know what, I don't want to deal with this. Let's just settle a buyout and I'll get, I'll get the heck out of here. Would you, would you blame him the least little bit? No, and I heard a Chuck Reedy, former Clemson assistant and Baylor head coach, he was talking about that. He, he said he went through a situation at Baylor in 96 where, where it was the worst month of his life, and he said if he was must champ, he would go ahead and work out a deal right now. 
like what's it going to cost or what he would accept and walk away. I, I personally don't want that to happen. I think there's some overreaction going on here. I mean, I had friends that just went during the fourth quarter of that Appalachian State game that were just going insane. And I think it's because of the name Appalachian State. The, the, the Vegas had it almost to pick them. South Carolina's a four-point favorite, and it was at home, and they say you get three points for being at home. But as far as the Board of Trustees and all that, I mean, that's just that's just hot garbage. I mean, that stuff should not be public. They, I mean, those guys have a warped sense of who they are, and um, I would, you know, it can't help recruiting right now either. How can this help South Carolina recruiting? Marshawn Lloyd, what's he going to do? Exactly. That's exactly what, what I was thinking on that front. And, of course, the young man we were talking about with Lou Bajak, Jordan Birch. wonder what he's thinking. Do you really want to go somewhere where it's like, you know what? Is, is the coach going to be there? Is the guy that's recruiting me going to be there? I mean, because it's all about relationships. Right now, we're talking about stomping relationships down with this football team. I don't think that's going to work for South Carolina. Let me ask you this. Real Did quick, you, we're going to okay. go to a break. More of the rundown in just a moment. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Trey joins me in studio this afternoon. Of course, my guest columnist on my blog page. At FoxSportsRadio1400.com, we are going through the ACC as we give you our predictions against the spread. For some reason, my SEC predictions have been a lot better than my ACC predictions. <laughs> I don't know what – it's like a balanced thing with that. No one can pick ACC football I, I, other than Clemson I and mean, the other team. You don't have to be polite being a guest. You can tell me I suck because no, my seriously. ACC numbers are terrible. But our first game is Florida State and Alabama State. You know, Florida State, of course, they fired their um, their head coach, Willie Tiger. No line on this game, but I think Florida State blows them out. I think they win like 45-10. to 10. I mean, that game's not going to be – competitive at all would you agree yes well, let's move on to a game that might be competitive virginia tech and georgia tech virginia tech coming off that big win over wake forest wake forest was looking like world beaters there and there was talk that you know maybe maybe they could give clemson a game for a half maybe three quarters then all of a sudden they go up and they get beat down by uh virginia tech and then um but then of course they also lose their receiver. We'll get into Wake Forest in a moment. But Virginia Tech kind of coming off the mat there, maybe saving Justin Fuente's job. Uh, Jeff Collins has still got some issues there uh, with just getting some players. Virginia Tech is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they cover the spread there. I think they win big, maybe 34-10. to 10. I, I, I like Georgia Tech. I think they're going to be good later on. But as of right now, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I'm impressed with Collins, what he's done with, with considering what he's working with. But I agree with you. Five and a half seems awfully low. Virginia Tech, you got to remember, even the, the game before the Wake Forest game, they, they could have easily beaten Notre Dame on the road. Yeah, I mean, they're playing some pretty good football. They may end up being the team that ends up playing uh, Clemson <laughs> in the slaughter. ACC championship game. But you know what? The other, the other team is, is Virginia's in the mix. You know that Virginia Tech has beaten Virginia 15 straight times? That is absurd. I know. It seems I mean, like five's a lot. Five's a lot to Five's us. a lot to anybody. But, but it, think about this. If they square off at the end of the season and that matchup 
determines who goes, who wins the division. Wow. And you got the rivalry behind that, too? Oof. So, Tough, brother. Tough. That's all I can say about that. Uh, a game that I like both coaches, but their teams really haven't had the best of seasons. Syracuse and Duke. You know, uh, I like Dino Babers a lot. I, they've just had just kind of a crummy season, three and six overall. Duke is four and five. They've played a pretty good out of conference schedule, uh, scheduling Alabama at a neutral site. Uh, Duke is a 10 and a half point favorite. Uh, I think that Syracuse will keep it close until the fourth quarter. They seem to fall apart a lot lately in the fourth quarter. So give me Syracuse 34. I mean, excuse me, Duke 34, Syracuse 20. So you do have um got them covering the ten and a half. Covering. I'll take Syracuse in the points. That's that's not bad. It's not a bad pick there. Up next, Louisville with what I think is the coach of the year in the ACC. Of course, uh, Coach Satterfield left that Appalachian State program in pretty good shape. I think you would agree with me on that. A lot of Gamecock fans will, too. Feel free to give us a call, and you can yell at me about that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. But that team that he left is doing some pretty good things right now. One loss on the season, still in line to get to that Sun Belt uh, championship game. But uh, Coach Satterfield goes to Louisville, and they've been playing a lot better as the season goes on, lots of uh, they're running the ball pretty good. They play a beat up NC State team. I mean, they're on like their four string at a lot of different spots due to injuries. Uh, Louisville is favored by three and a half. I think they cover easily. I think Louisville wins like thirty four to ten. I agree, Louisville. Louisville yeah. minus the points. Yeah, I mean that is that's an interesting matchup there. If everybody was healthy, it might be interesting. But as of right now, I'm just not feeling it. We also have the final matchup, Clemson and Wake Forest. This was supposed to be a really intriguing game because Wake Forest had come out and they'd done some great things. They lost uh, one game on the season. That was to Louisville. Now, Wake Forest's defense is not very good, but... They do put up some offense, the second-best offense in the ACC. They lost their best linebacker, who uh, kind of captained that defense there. And ever since then, two and a half games ago, he um, when he went out, their defense kind of went with him. And they, they're giving up a ton of points right now. Uh, but then they lose Sage Surratt, who was probably going to be uh, a player that uh, would be an All-American. You know, we had uh, Connor O'Neill on from... The uh, Winston-Salem Journal, he, he thought that Surratt would be an All-American at receiver. He's the only Power 5 receiver in the country at this point with 1,000 yards right now. And the linebacker that they lost, he's been out two and a half games, but still led the team in tackles. So that tells you the, how much of a focal point of that defense this guy was. The, all of that together, I think Wake Forest could have given them somewhat of a game, but there's so many other things that, that are hinging here. You could have Clemson looking ahead to South Carolina, the rivalry game. You know, Coach Sweeney talks about in the championship phases, the first phase is to win the division, the second phase is to win the state, then win the ACC, and so on and so forth. They've already won their division. So this game it has the, the look of being a huge trap game for Clemson. But I think Clemson's just got too much muscle, and it's, the, it's senior day for a lot of guys. And I think that... Uh, I think Clemson's going to win huge in this game. They are a 32-point favorite. I think Wake Forest may be just playing out the string without their leaders on offense. If their quarterback can do a little bit, it might stay close for a bit. 
But I think Clemson wins like 48-10. to 10. I think they cover the 32 points. I don't think Clemson's going to look ahead to, to any game because they know they have no margin for error to go to the playoff. And this is all about the playoff and the national championship to Clemson. I mean, I, I know what Coach Sweeney says about winning the, the division in, 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 the, in the state. And I know he believes all that. But in order to go to the playoff, he has to stay undefeated. Or they have to stay undefeated. And I, you, sound, you sound so lovingly toward Coach Sweeney. With, I hate what well, no, but I'm just saying, I think they got bigger, <laughs> they got bigger aspirations right yeah. now. This team is too good to just be talking about winning a division in You're the right. ACC. They're, they're looking at the big picture, and they know they cannot lose any games. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, Clemson to win and to cover. I think Clemson covers that game big time. Um, and I think that I, – I don't know if I told you this stat or not, but since the Louisville game, third quarter of the Louisville game, my buddy David gave me this stat. I went back and checked it out. Trevor Lawrence has been in 27 offensive series – since that Louisville game, he scored a touchdown in like 24 of them. That is... Wow. Yeah. When that's you really wild. stop and think about that, that's that's online with what everybody thought he was going to do all season. But in my opinion, look out. Because he's figured out what he's got. He's gotten away a little bit from uh, thinking, all right, I've got to have Hunter Renfro. Maybe you know, getting more adjusted to not having a Mitch Hyatt there to help him out. I think he's got rid of all of that. And he is playing some really good football now. But the only thing we have to look forward to is that who is going to step up and challenge Clemson? Can he get it done with the challenge of another team? So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is playing lights-out football right now. And I think Travis Etienne has – if Clemson wasn't blowing everybody out, he'd be in the Heisman race. What's he averaging? I'm like 10, Eight, 10 almost, carries a game maybe? Uh, well, he's averaging like nine yards a carry, something know, like that. and he's only getting 10 or 11 carries He's a game. only had – Ten fourth quarter carries all season. Wow. Well, he'll be fresh for the NFL. He's ready. <laughs> Wrap your head around that. He'll be fresh for the playoff and anything else. You know, I think that's the one thing that, that a lot of people don't talk about is that Clemson may uh, have. I mean, they. You know, they were tested in the North Carolina game and they were able to get it right. But I mean, I think they did that with sheer will. If you have a team that can match up with them athletically, can they get the job done? Do the X's and O's and make it go? That's the one thing we really don't know about Clemson. I mean, we really don't. And that's the thing I think that scares Dabo Sweeney the most. Well, that's true. I mean, they have a they have a face in elite offense. I would like to see. I know Clemson's defense statistically is I think better than this year, but I mean better than last year. But how would they fare against like an LSU's offense? That's what I like to see. We'll definitely find out. I think Joe Burrows is going to win the Heisman anyway. That'd be kind of a cool matchup to have Burrows and uh, Trevor Lawrence going after it with each other. So good stuff there. All right, we come back. We will pick against the spread for the SEC. We'll have all that and more for you in just a moment on the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. on a Friday here on The Rundown. Thanks for uh, making it through. You know, we're, we're this close to uh, some more football this weekend. You know, hopefully you don't fight like those idiots last night. What, what a bunch of goofballs they are. You know who doesn't need to get suspended in all that mess? Is Maurice Punky. 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 I said that too. Yeah. Because well, what he was doing was, to me, he was, was, he was, was protect, noble. He was protecting his quarterback. He got three games. He got three games. He got for, three games. But you know what he said after the game? He says, uh, whatever. It was worth it. He says, whatever, whatever they're going to give me, I'm fine with. And you know what? If I am a Mason Rudolph or, or even Ben Roethlisberger, 
you know, I, I would help pay that fine or whatever it is he gets. That guy would not miss out on anything because he's doing what he needs to be doing, which is protecting his quarterback. The, but the other thing is, none of the other offensive linemen were, were trying to step in between Garrett and, and Rudolph. Right, and it's killed, like, it killed him. Yeah. Honestly. And, and then there, it's, I'm sitting here and I'm like, how is this happening? And then all of a sudden, bam, he, he went in and did what he was supposed to do. He should not get suspended at all. I know he threw some punches and he was throwing some kicks, but in my mind, we, we just kind of look past that. You know, I thought quarterbacks were smart. That, what Mason Rudolph did last night was that, not well, smart. He, he was dumb with what he did, too, but what uh, what Garrett did was stupid, well, that's too. ridiculous. But, but in my opinion, part of Garrett's punishment should be, all right, I'm going to give you a nice round number for suspension, say 10 games, and then the butt kicking you got from Ponzi, that's part of it. That's exactly what I mean. Ponzi would not sit at all if I were commissioner. I know that you're not supposed to fight to finish your problems, but this is a gladiator sport, man. If, if something like that's happening and the other guy's going above the line and you're protecting your team, I like it. I, I, really, like didn't it think, I really didn't think Ponzi would get suspended, but I guess Roger Goodell never Roger Goodell, to amaze me. Roger Goodell is the eunuch. I mean, he, he really is a eunuch. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I can't explain it here, but he is a eunuch. There you go. There's my thoughts on Roger Goodell. <laughs> And yeah, we. So anyway, let's get back to football. Alabama, Mississippi State against the uh, against the spread here. Alabama's a twenty and a half point favorite. Uh, I think they're going to come out, and I think they're going to beat the snot out of Mississippi State. All the all the all of the uh, the anger they had towards LSU. I think they're going to pull it all up, and they're going to take it out on Mississippi State. I think they win forty eight to ten. I totally agree. They're going to cover. They're going to they're going to make a statement. They. They still have aspirations of getting in the playoff, and they're not, they're, not, they're not going to let up at all on Mississippi State. Yeah, interesting stuff there. Then we have uh, the next matchup is Florida and Missouri. Now, at the beginning, of, well, I'd say after, after the Ole Miss game with Missouri this year, um, this, I thought this matchup was going to be interesting. But then Missouri with Barry Odom, who is an absolute – if you listen to my buddies on the Mazodcast, which I've talked about a good bit here, but find them on the iHeartRadio app. Those guys are great when it comes to uh, breaking down some SEC stuff, and it's uh, a lot of silly humor, too. But Barry Odom lost the first game of the season to Wyoming, and then they lose to Kentucky and Vanderbilt. This is a team that was loaded. They've got an, an all-pro that they think is going to be a tight end with uh, Albert O. They can't pronounce his last name, but they don't even throw him the ball. Derek Dooley's lost his mind. Uh, this game with Florida, Florida kind of shot themselves in a foot a good bit, but uh, they're 8-2 and two on the season. Missouri is 5-4. and four. It's going to be cold up at Mizzou. There may be 10,000 fans there. That's not a joke. I'm not joking. That may end up being what's going on there. Florida's favored by 6.5. The line started at eight, so maybe somebody's thinking something that I'm not. I think that Florida is going to trip up a little bit here. And the way that Barry Odom coaches, they always win a game they're not supposed to. And this year, I think this is the game. I think Mizzou wins outright. I hate to agree with you because it's more fun if we don't agree. But I, know, I, right? I thought you were going to pick Florida. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Missouri in this spot. I don't know why. I'm kind of like you. This is when you least expect them to win, they win. When you least expect them to lose, they lose. You're right. So I, I say Missouri outright. I'm going to take Missouri outright. I would take Missouri outright on that one. Let's move on quickly here to Georgia. They play Auburn this weekend. This is the matchup of the weekend in the SEC. Uh, Auburn can really hurt the conference if they can win out. So... And Georgia has no room for error, in my opinion. If they lose this game, they are out of the college football playoff talk. They could be in the SEC championship game, and 
you know, be heading to the Sugar Bowl to play Texas or Oklahoma or whoever from the Big 12. George is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It started at three. I'm taking Auburn outright. Well, I will home. disagree with you on this one. All I right. think the Georgia defense is too stout, and I'm not a big fan of Knicks, to be honest with you. I, I think Auburn's a very solid team, and they've got a great defense as well. I mean, I'd definitely take the under. What You don't know the over-under by chance, do you? I just got away from it. I thought I'm going to take the under, though. I think it's like at 42. Yeah, Something under. like that. I'll yeah. take the under. I'll take the under there. Finally, <laughs> a couple more games here. Uh, Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Kentucky... They've been up and down all season. They just don't have a quarterback. If they had Terry Wilson, they would probably be, I'd say, a 6-3 and three team over a 4-5 and five team. But uh, Kentucky's a 9.5-point favorite over Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt has quit on Derek Mason. Give me the Wildcats to cover. I agree. Stoops over Mason all day. Yeah, he's a heck of a coach. Why somebody hasn't gone and scooped that guy up, I don't know. FSU? Uh, maybe. I think they're going after Bob Stoops. Not, I've, heard, I've heard that, not too. Mark I've heard Stoops. that too. But uh, LSU and Ole Miss, you know, LSU could come out a little flat in this game after uh, going and winning it. It's like they left their soul in Alabama. Okay? But I think that this game, they're favored by 20-and-a-half over Ole Miss. Man, I've gone back and forth on this game. But you know what? I think Ole Miss will cover. I think they'll lose by about 17. I don't think I, – I think it's going to be interesting. But give me, give me uh, let's say, 31-17, 31-14, something like that with LSU on top. I agree. I like Ole Miss to cover. This is a perfect letdown spot for LSU. I'm going to start giving you my picks before you come in here so we can disagree more well, often. I disagreed on Auburn, Georgia. <laughs> All right, our last matchup is South Carolina and Texas A&M. This is the show-me matchup. If this were in Missouri, we could call it the show-me state matchup. But Texas A&M is 6-3 and three on the season. They've got three losses. Here are their losses. Clemson, Alabama, Auburn. Other than that, they are perfect. They did struggle with Arkansas a little bit, but Jimbo Fisher is, I think, going to eventually get them to a point where they can get competitive in those games with those teams. But in his first two seasons there, he's had to play Clemson out of conference, and then they still get Alabama, Auburn, LSU every season. That is a murderer's row type schedule for anyone. But they welcome in South Carolina, who is at four and six. You know, we've heard more out of the Gamecock camp about coaches and everything else other than players. But here's my thing with this game. No Ortre Smith, no Tavian Feaster, no um, A.J. Turner. Those are the three we know that for sure are out. Coach Muschamp is not exactly very honest with us when it comes to injuries, but we know those three are out. I don't know if any of these other guys are actually going to get with it and play and, and, and be ready for this game. If, it, if it's close in the first quarter, I think it'll be close the rest of the game. But if Texas A&M jumps out early, I think they blow the Gamecocks out. But I think they cover. Right now the line is at 10.5. I think they cover the 10.5. Yeah, that line hasn't moved at all, which surprises me. I thought it would go up. Uh, I don't know what to make out of this game. I, and this is not just me as the South Carolina fan. This is me as a realist. I, I can see South Carolina winning outright. I can see South Carolina losing about 35 points. I don't know what South Carolina's going to show up. But I'll take Texas A&M to cover. Texas A&M to cover the 10. And I'll tell you what, uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. And this is going to be more along the lines of does Will Muschamp still have this team? Mm-hmm. Even if they lose, it's all about body language and everything else. So, Trey, thanks for stopping and joining us today on The Rundown, man. I hope to catch up with you a little bit more later this season. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. More of The Rundown on Monday. Lawton Swan is next. I'm Rob Sanders. I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. We'll talk to you on Monday.